At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on FFC. It is Football Full Circle on this Wednesday on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Radio Network as well. He is Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens. So, Scott, we dive in to another day on FFC. We are here near the end of June. We're just about a month away from the start of training camp in the National Football League. Still some big free agents on the market. Of course, we focus on DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook and a ton of contract negotiations and some of those news and notes, Scott, around the NFL as well. Yeah, there's really a lot, Ben. You know, uh, the obvious ones, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook. But you got Kareem Hunt out there. You got Zeke Elliott yep. out there. You got Leonard Fournette out there. Although, I don't know if you saw the picture of his car. His car caught on fire yesterday. You see that? Yeah. And the whole thing the whole thing blew up. I mean, I don't know how that happens. It's a brand-new car. And the whole thing somehow or another caught fire. But anyway, he's on there. Jarvis Landry's on there. J.B.I. Clowney's on there. I mean, you got some, you know, some Carson Wentz, as long as he's back from his hunting trips uh, on there. Joe Flacco, who showed a little still something last year, I thought, with the Jets still on there. Yeah. So there are a bunch of guys that, that uh, are there for the taking if uh, anyone wants them. And it's a weird point of this offseason where there are still potential impact players on the horizon. Scott, we did hear that Dalvin Cook has multiple offers on the table right now, and the Dolphins are one of them. That is according to Barry Jackson, who works in sports media in Florida. The Dolphins have made an offer. What exactly it looks like, what the structure is, and what that contract could potentially be is not known at this moment. But the Dolphins, as we anticipated, Scott, at least in on the running for Dalvin Cook. What would Cook do for Miami's offense if he was added to that team? I don't know if he would do anything more than what, uh, you know, and this is coming from a Dolphins guy. I, you know, listen, if it's Dalvin Cook, he's going to run for 1,200 yards. Okay, you know, is, is that really going to be that much more than the Dolphin, you know, running backs that they have right now with, with Mostert in there? I mean, I don't know. He's not in Wilson. He's not going to get 20 carries. This is not going to be if he were to sign with them, okay, it's your team, in other words. He, he's still going to have to split time with all these guys, Ben, and I, you know, Again, as a Dolphin fan, would I like him? Sure, but I, I don't think anyone's given him 
10 to 15 million dollars like he's probably asking otherwise he'd be signed by now i'm guessing all these teams are lowballing him and saying you want to you want to come in for a couple million dollars two three million dollars you know okay we got a spot for you but you know it would be nice to add to the backfield of the dolphins but with mostert and and wilson and uh, you know i i think they're already loaded i really am i i really do yeah There is a lot of talent offensively for Mike McDaniel and Miami this year. Of course, it is part of the optimism for why the Finns right now have the third best price in the AFC East and have a win total of nine and a half. They are expected to be highly competitive this upcoming season. Scott, as we talk about contract offers and money, Travis Kelsey had something to say in a wide-ranging interview that he did with Vanity Fair where he was all around talking about what was happening in his life and all the personality that Travis Kelsey Kelsey is, by the way, tomorrow. Kelsey will team up with his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. They will face two other teammates in Clay Thompson and Steph Curry in the match. You know, of course, the golfing competition. But Travis Kelsey Scott made reference to the fact that he believes he's underpaid, but it really doesn't matter to him. Yes, he realizes money might be being left on the table if we were to join somewhere else, but winning is more important. And frankly, in the years that Travis Kelsey has been in KC and Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, Nobody's won more than them. At least 12 wins in each of those five regular seasons. Of course, two Super Bowl championship rings to show for it. Scott, what was your reaction to Travis Kelsey saying he's underpaid, but hey, at the end of the day, the winning is more important. You know, two things, Ben. One, on the surface, it's like, cool. You know what? I wish a lot of athletes would have this kind of attitude. Uh, you know, you, you make a few more bucks on the open market, but nothing replaces winning and being competitive and turning that into endorsements and, and all this other stuff. It's more than just your salary versus how much you're actually making a year, right? But then I looked into it, and I still feel that way to a certain extent, but he's not really underpaid. You know, technically, is he the highest paid tight end in the NFL? No. You want, you want to tell me he's the best tight end in the NFL? Uh, you know, we could have that good debate. There's a couple of others out there, but he's third. You know, he, he compared himself to uh, Tyree Kill, who forced his way out of uh, Kansas City and got $30 million a year, right? I, I saw the article and I saw the, the conversation. He's not tight ends don't get paid that bad. You know, Darren Waller is the highest paid tight end according to one source. You can look at different sources, but he's getting 17 million. George Kittle's getting 15, and Kelsey's third at 14.3. So are there a couple of guys that make more than him? Yeah, but he's not like vastly underpaid. There aren't any tight ends making $30 million a year. So I don't know how much at 33 he'd really get on the open market. Some, but again, it it, it sounds good. And and it's a great attitude to have if he really believes this. But in reality, he's not underpaid that much. And Scott, it is an interesting point that you bring up, and it is a clear distinction. He compared himself to Tyreek Hill, of course, his former teammate. You can understand why that comparison is there, but often, and as we see on an annual average basis, tight ends, even the best of them, don't make wide receiver money. There is still that second pedigree of being a wide receiver. The historic contract offers we have seen for Devontae Adams, what might be coming for Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and the like. That's another conversation out there. We'll continue all our conversation here on Football Full Circle. Live on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Up next here on FFC. So many news and notes to discuss around this NFL offseason. Stay with us here on Football Full Circle. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're back here on FFC. It is Football Full Circle, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Contract conversations at this point of the offseason, Scott, are always front and center. Whether it's a player unhappy with a current contract, that might be floating the idea of missing training camp, holding out from camp. Could we see that with Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs, both under that non-exclusive franchise tag tender for the upcoming season? or just players mentioning what they're making or what they might be making. Dalvin Cook has received multiple contract offers. He is a free agent. That has also been the case, Scott, for DeAndre Hopkins. Reportedly, the Titans and the Pats have both offered Hopkins some sort of deal. He will get to ultimately decide. There has been further reports that the Panthers and the Cleveland Browns might be interested in throwing their hat in the ring to see if they can get DeAndre Hopkins to come to their NFL organization. Scott, who do you think is a more attractive free agent at this moment? Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, that's that's a good one, right? Both out there. I would say Dalvin Cook, even though I Mm. think you could replace Dalvin Cook easier than you could replace DeAndre Hopkins. But I I happen to think there's more tread on the tires of Dalvin Cook. That's why Mm. I'm saying him. Um, I I just think the running back position, it is what it is. We all know that. But the guy did run for, what, 1,100 to almost 1,200 yards last year. Uh, He was healthy in in that he was hurt, but at least he played, which is a rarity for him. Uh, I, I think you can utilize him a little bit more. So Hopkins, I you know that that Roy thing to me scares me again. Ben, a guy who's been you know for the most part, from what we understand, clean his whole career. Now he hits that age where you wonder about you know whether he's going to stay at that same level, and all of a sudden he gets popped for for Roy's. And he may say, well, it was a mistake. It was this. It was that. And maybe who knows? But that that's a warning sign for me. Um, I'll, I'll go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think you can get more out of him than you can Hopkins. 
I still think both players have some production left on their tires. Some tread still very much there. I think both can make an impact on whatever franchise or NFL team they join this offseason. Again, Scott, we've had the conversation multiple times about Dalvin Cook and why he was released by Minnesota. What does it mean for this upcoming year? I think the Vikings brass would even tell you Dalvin Cook could go out there and play 12, 13, 14 games healthy and be an 1,000-yard rusher, as he has been each of the past four seasons for the Vikings for consecutive Pro Bowl appearances as well with at least 1,100 yards. It's the idea of paying him a long-term contract when he is getting a little bit later in his career. And despite that six-game suspension to start last year for violating the NFL's PED policy, I still think Nuke has a lot left to give. Is he going to be that main number one target? Perhaps not. But is he going to be an additional piece of your offense? Certainly so, where I think paired alongside somebody, Scott, who can also be a playmaker on the outside at the wideout position, DeAndre Hopkins could be a very versatile asset for whatever team he goes and joins. It will be interesting to see, Scott, where the market moves after either Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins joins anywhere. Do the odds actually change for whatever team they sign with, or is it just the notoriety of adding them that is going to be the biggest difference. I'm not sure a running back or a wide receiver, Scott, really moves the odds all that much, whether it's a win total, a divisional price, a conference price, certainly probably not in the Super Bowl market, but it will be interesting because both are very, very big names still available at this point of the offseason. Yeah, the only way I think it would move it a little bit bad is if it was with a major team, right? You just piling on. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs come to mind. They, they announced they're they're uh, signing DeAndre Hopkins, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, how many more weapons do the Chiefs need? I I, I can see even more people than betting on Kansas City to to move it. You know, maybe a little bit, but I don't think. I mean, take the average team, take the Patriots, the Browns, that you know, some of the teams that are rumored to be signing these guys. I, it's not going to make them go from. 25 30 to 1 favorites uh, or you know odds to win the Super Bowl to, to down to 15 or, or 20 or so and the only thing that the other other thing that worries me a little bit about Hopkins is with Cook he's basically been the number one guy with Minnesota but he's also been injured every single year seemingly he's used to splitting time so he might be a little bit more accustomed to okay we're gonna bring in Dalvin but you're not getting 20 carries 25 carries those days are gone we'll get you 10 yeah. or so and we'll throw you to football a few times he might be more acceptable to that I don't know the head of, of Hopkins he may be thinking I'm still a number one guy I'm, I'm you're gonna throw the football to me five six times no no no, no. I, I'm gonna be your number one I gotta get the football 10 15 times so without knowing the conversations and being privy to that that would be my more concern with Hopkins is he ready to take that step down to number two versus still thinking he's a number one wide receiver yeah, it will be very interesting to see where that goes. What DeAndre Hopkins does, what team he signs with, what is the impact for that offense and playing alongside whatever quarterback. Scott, it seemed like for most of this, Hopkins has been linked to the New England Patriots. He visited New England very early on. There's been some ties there with Bill Belichick and what it might mean for the young quarterback in Mac Jones. What do you think the impact would be for New England if DeAndre Hopkins does sign with the Patriots? That'd be pretty good, I, you know, and, and that is one spot where, you know, as much as they've always, even with Brady, right, they've always spread the ball around, um, unless you go back to the Randy Moss days, which maybe that's the selling point, come to here and, and you will be, maybe that, that's what he's, you know, telling him. 
Um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a rarity. I, I think the Patriots can be a little bit better than what most people think. You know, you throw mm. him in there with, with Schuster and, and Parker and now Hopkins. That's not bad. You know, we talked about this before. Last week, we talked a little bit, me and George. You know, you got everybody, Stevenson, you know, very good, above average running yeah. back. You know, the defense was top 10 statistically as far as yards allowed. Uh, Hunter Henry, Henry, one of the better tight ends, right? Um, and then it's it's up to Mac Jones. You know, does he buy into Mac Jones and a Mac Jones doesn't get on the football is he going to be complaining about that but I actually think that the, the Patriots would be one of the teams he really could have a, a nice role on it would be really really intriguing for the Patriots specifically Scott because what is one of their biggest knocks well the lack of offensive skill position players and true offensive weapons that you could surround a young quarterback like Mac Jones or if things don't work out for Mac Bailey Zappi with let's also not forget where Mac Jones was in his rookie year with New England a 10-win football team in the regular season led them to the playoffs yes they were absolutely barnstormed by Buffalo on that night during Super Wild Card weekend on a Saturday I get all of that but still a playoff team in their first without or the second year excuse me without Tom Brady last year though Scott even when it was disastrous at times and Mac Jones was injured and then bench perhaps for Bailey Zappi still a team that won eight and nine they weren't necessarily dead on arrival in terms of playoff contention and the win total this year for New England is seven and a half the over has even money at plus 100. The under has the juice. Again, disastrous by all accords, right? At least based on Patriot standards, Scott, that we have seen over the last two and a half decades. And they still went over their win total of seven and a half. Now, is a losing record at eight and nine going to contend for a playoff spot? I'm not entirely sure, Scott. Certainly not in this AFC as competitive as we expect it to be. But I don't think the Patriots are going to be a doormat by any means this upcoming year. I don't think so either. You said it. Now, listen, the schedule's tough. They got Philadelphia. They got Kansas City. And playing the AFC, all six of those games are all going to be difficult, right? But, you know, you got some winnable games on there as well. And, and ultimately, it's as bad as things were. You're right. He regressed tremendously last year. And they still got eight wins. Now you're getting the extra home game this year. And it is still Bill Belichick, whether you like him or not. I mean, is he going to go 7-10, and 10, which is what it would have to be for you to lose that bet? 7-10? and 10? I don't think so. I'll take my chances. They find a way to get eight wins. Won't challenge for the division. I, I doubt that. It might not even really challenge, per se, for a playoff spot, uh, yeah. you know, outside of just being mathematically available with, with three games left because there's so many playoff teams. But to think they're not going to go at least eight and nine, well, I, I, that's gonna, that might be one of my better plays, the over-Patriots. At least it has some even money there. It's a plus money number in front of taking that over. Scott, in the first year without Brady, 2020, Cam Newton was their main starting quarterback. There were some issues there offensively, of course. The Pats were 7-9. What would have happened with the extra 17th game, we'll never entirely know. But the Patriots don't win just seven games often. We'll talk about it up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. 
So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are back live right here on FFC. So, Scott, I just wanted to drive the point home. The fact that New England right now has a win total of 7.5 for 2023, and the under has the juice, meaning the odds makers see it as the more likely outcome in terms of that win total, seven or less wins for New England this year, that hasn't happened often, as we have known this New England Patriots franchise over the past 25 years. And that's not to say, Scott, it couldn't happen this year, of course. It did happen in 2020, the first without Tom Brady. And there was a reason for the better part of the past two and a half decades. New England never went under seven and a half wins. It's because Tom Brady was there with Bill Belichick. But, Scott, outside of 2020, which they won seven games, who knows what would have happened now with a 17-game regular season it could have been seven and ten could have been seven eight and one or seven nine and one excuse me or it could have been eight and nine and over this win total only one other time since 1995 did the Pats go under seven and a half wins that was back in 2000 with a five and 11 record it was the first year for Bill Belichick as the head coach in Foxborough so even with the idea that Mac Jones and his future as a franchise QB in the National Football League might slightly be up in the air even with some of the issues New England struggled with offensively I think getting Bill O'Brien in there as an actual offensive coordinator should help to correct some of those issues this upcoming year Scott in 2023 the Patriots just don't generally go under seven and a half wins now I'm not saying they're going to win the division or contend for a playoff spot or even have a winning record but eight wins doesn't seem like a far cry for the Pats at all yeah even when Brady got hurt Matt Castle came in and, and they yeah. uh, didn't make the playoffs but they challenged for a, for a playoffs by the LA 10 or 11 wins so it is yep. rare I think a lot of it Ben is based on their schedule and and I listen I'm a victim and I do this as much as anybody you look at the schedule and you say wow this is going to be loaded you know geez they play Kansas City they play Philadelphia they play Dallas you know but th- then you, you know if you want to look at the positive side of it yeah, you know, I think the Jets aren't going to be very good. And in their last game of the year is against the Jets. By that point, they might be out of it. So that, that might be a meaningless game. You know, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, is, is up in the air. I think the Giants are going to struggle. They got the Colts on there. They got the general, the, uh, the, the, the generals. Uh, Washington is, is on there. And the Las Vegas is on there. So there are some yeah. winnable games. But I just think on the surface, it's like, wow, Philadelphia, Miami, Dallas. Like I said, Kansas City, it looks daunting. And, you know, then the boys in Vegas, that what they do is they look it's not very complicated they just look at every single game 
figure out yeah. which games they're going to be favorites in, which games are going to be kind of pick them. And, and if there's four games that they're pick them, they say, okay, they'll win two of those. They'll add up the ones they'll be favored in, and then they'll consider the ones they're underdogs as losses. And, and boom, that's basically how you come up with the number. But this is all based on what you think might happen. There, there's a lot of yeah. stuff, as we talk about all the time, teams in last place go in the first and vice versa. So, um, like I said, I, I, I do like the over 7.5 a lot, especially at, at even money. I mean, that, that's a really good price to me. It's a really good point, Scott. How are all of these things determined, right? Why do the Patriots have the longest of four prices in the AFC East? Well, of course, that means stacking up regular season wins to contend for your division. And the way that things look right now with Buffalo, New York, and Miami in front, it would be a hard path to win the amount of divisional games and games overall then necessary to contend for a divisional title. How is a lot of that seen? Well, it's based on expectation. That's why I love what Warren Sharp does because he looks at things with his football analytics team differently than maybe other strength of schedule metrics. Oftentimes, Scott, bare minimum strength of schedule is based on the opponents you play in their combined records from a season prior. I don't care about a season prior. I care about expectation for this upcoming year. The New York Jets with Zach Wilson and Mike White are not the same New York Jets team with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback. I don't really care about what the Jets did last year. I care about what is expected of them because that is the team the Patriots in 2023 are going to line up against. Yes, they could underwhelm based on those expectations. It could certainly happen. And maybe then the Jets are more like a 7-10 and 10 football team than the 10-win football team we expect this season. But it's important, I think, when you look at strength of schedule to do it based on win total projections for 2023. And because of that, Scott, like you mentioned, the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the National Football League at this moment. The Raiders the second hardest, the Dolphins the third hardest, the Bills the fourth hardest, and the Chiefs round out the five hardest schedules. It should not be a surprise then, Scott, to anticipate the AFC East to be the most competitive or perhaps difficult division in all of the sport this year because three of the four hardest schedules in all of the National Football League hail from one division. Yep, and then that's why it seems like uh, Atlanta you know, has a, uh, a total of eight and a half. And you think, yeah. you know, I don't think Atlanta's really th- you know, better than New England, but their schedule, you look at their schedule, it, it's pretty easy. I think the AFC South also has some higher numbers because their schedules are, are pretty easy. But again, you know, it, it's a basis, but if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, all of a sudden those games against the Jets, you know, are, are quite the same, right? If it, New Orleans doesn't really have a good year, then all of a sudden that home game against New Orleans in October, pretty good, you know? Those are winnable games. Washington, Indianapolis, back-to-back in November. They would have to be seven and nine heading into the last week for you not to be able to hedge. And I, you know, I just, I, I think you get against the Jets a home game, which you know they'd be, you know, pretty much pick them or so if, if not favored. Um, I, I, I'm thinking they're getting eight wins. I, I really do. Like I said, in the AFC, probably not making the playoffs. Probably not challenging. Yeah. It's either going to be, in my view, Buffalo or Miami. But to see a Bill Belichick team bottom out. I, I don't I, I got to see that to believe that. And I would say, Scott, that regardless of what happens, if the Patriots miss a Super Bowl or, excuse me, a playoff spot for the second time consecutively here, Bill Belichick is not going to be on the hot seat. But, Scott, as you look around the National Football League, are there any coaches that you think with a disappointing year here in 2023 might have that seat rather warm at the end of this season that maybe that organization looks for a change in the head man? 
Ron Rivera, Washington, although that franchise, yeah. you know, if it settles down, you know, with the new owners and everything, I, I could definitely see that, you know, uh, tough, tough spot for him. That, that's been just nothing but trouble since he's got there. No real quarterback, but I could definitely see Ron being on the top of that or near the top of that first head coach fires list. Uh, absolutely. He would come to mind. Uh, you know, but the AFC North is, is pretty much solid. Um, I like Vrabel, but, you know, there is a thought that uh, their time has come and gone, and if they bought him out, that might he be in a little bit of trouble? Um, but I, I, I think he's a good head coach, so I would say there. Staley out in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Mm. If he doesn't take that team to the next step, I mean, I know they got mm. to the playoffs last year, but blowing that 20-plus point lead at home, if they were not to have, you know, a real successful year, I I could definitely see him being in a little bit of trouble. Scott, I think that's the one, at least in my estimation, and I, as I was looking at it. I think that yep. Brandon Staley, with another year of the Chargers not living up to what their optimism and expectation always is, at least a playoff spot, and now I would think, Scott, a postseason victory, not squandering a 27 nothing lead about toward the end of an opening half, that if they do not do something, and I mean truly do something, a playoff win this year, I think Brandon Staley is going to be on the hot seat and potentially be looking for a job. Scott, we see this all the time, whether it's in the National Football League, but I think certainly in college football, where contracts are a little bit different. You're given an opportunity in college, and maybe here, as it stands in the NFL for Brandon Staley or others, to change up your coaching staff, to make what are perceived significant changes, to find the organizational structure that works best and leads to success. However, if that change doesn't work, the grace period you are extended is quickly shut. And the reason I bring that up is because Brandon Staley was seen as an innovator. Brandon Staley was seen as one of the young head coaches in the National Football League, trusting in analytics and all the stats that they backed up to do things differently, to be aggressive. And then it backfired on him, and then he was kind of lost in his own way. So now, as it looks for Brandon Staley, they fired Joe Lombardi this past offseason, the offensive coordinator in L.A., who a lot of people pointed the finger at and say, you're not getting the best out of Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the National Football League. So entering the fourth year of the NFL for Herbert, who do they bring in as the OC? Well, somebody that is very highly regarded in pretty much every coaching circle. His name is Kellen Moore, who spent the past few seasons as the offensive coordinator in Dallas. Why Dallas let him go and will allow Mike McCarthy to call plays is beyond me, but that's probably a conversation for a different day. Maybe actually the same conversation of coaches on the hot seat. But I think it allowed and afforded, Scott, Brandon Staley the opportunity to buy himself at least one more year. But if things don't work out with Kellen Moore, offensively, or for the Chargers overall as a team, in reaching the playoffs and winning a playoff game, this extra year is just that an additional year and then Brandon Staley will be looking for a job at this point next summer yeah I can see it I, I you know expectations are get head coaches fired more than anything else I, I know that may sound crazy but I believe that more so than wins and losses I mean, you could have a 500 record and be labeled a genius you know but you could have a 500 record and the team is expecting you know uh, four five six games over 500 and, and you're fired I'll give you three more. In fact, I'll give you four more, and, and the one doesn't necessarily fall into that category. Uh, Todd Bowles would be the one where I think if, if things don't work out, 
no fault of his what happened last year, but after having an under 500 last year and then things blowing up, yeah. I could see Tampa Bay making a change. Uh, not necessarily fired this next guy, Ben, but the, the, the genius label taken off, and that's Brian Dable with the New York Giants, who I think are set up for a monster Whoa. comeback year. Yeah. Dan Campbell, oh. again, not necessarily oh. fired, but Scott. expectations through the roof. And my number one guy, Robert Sala of the New York Jets. I could see him getting whacked for sure. Wow. Expectations. A couple of spicy ones there, Scott. Based on relative expectation, we will talk about it up next here on Football Full Circle. That Brian Dayball one. The Dan Campbell one. Interesting. Up next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are back live right here on FFC. It is Football Full Circle. We were talking about a couple of coaches that if the 2023 NFL season doesn't go their way, might they find themselves on a warmer or potentially hot seat at this point next offseason? Actually, probably far beyond this point of next offseason, but maybe with a change coming next offseason season. Scott, you had a couple of spicy ones right before we hit the break. I think three coaches entering 2023 with a lot of expectation whether based on the results of last year or a seismic shift to their franchise this offseason. You mentioned the three names. The two New York head coaches, Brian Dayball for the Giants. He won Coach of the Year this past year in his rookie campaign at the helm of this Giants organization. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, of course. And then Dan Campbell, of the Detroit Lions. Scott, why do you think these coaches, if 2023 doesn't work out for them, might find themselves questioning where they stand within their franchise? 
all because of undue expectations. And it may be undue is strong, but because of expectations that if you don't succeed this year, you're in trouble. It's like, it's like I said before the break. You know, the, the Lions go eight and nine, nine and eight last year, and Dan Campbell's the greatest thing in the world. All right, that, that for that year. Now you go nine and eight, eight, nine. Now all of a sudden you got to go. 10 and, and, and get 10 wins and get into the postseason 11 wins uh, now all of a sudden you go in the case of the Lions from uh, the last choice heading into last year to win that division to the first choice the favorite same thing with the Giants you know you, you went from nowhere two years ago to making the playoffs last year reaching the second round you know Dable comes in he's considered the hero you know Joe Shane the GM, GM comes in he's considered the hero but they set expectations you can't go backwards in New York you got to go forwards and I don't think the Lions or the Giants in particular are going to go forwards especially the Giants I, I think there's a real good chance that they come back uh, you got Danny Nichols getting his huge contract don't forget these two, Shane and, and uh, Dable. I don't know how big a role Dable played in it, but they decided not to pick up the fifth-year option, forcing them to give him $40 million a year. And if uh, Danny Nichols there has a lousy year, the Giant fans are going to be like, are you kidding me? You bozos gave this guy $40 million. So it's set up for failure because the expectations have been raised by last year. And the same thing Ben would saw to a certain extent. I just think he hasn't really done anything. He doesn't, I don't think, handle himself well in front of the media. And now you got Aaron Rodgers coming in, and they're the second, third, fourth choice to, to win it all, for goodness sakes. You know, that is set up for failure as well. So it's the expectations, and if these guys yeah. don't come through, all of a sudden people are starting to point fingers. I think it will be so fascinating to see mainly with one of those coaches, Scott, Robert Sala. I think Brian Dayball, he's good. He won Coach of the yeah. Year two years ago. I do agree, like you, the Giants are going to come back a little bit after what they did a season ago. 9-7-1, and one, of course, in the regular season, earning a wild-card berth in the NFC and claiming a playoff victory over Minnesota. Dan Campbell is good for a while, in my opinion, just based off his persona, his pedigree, what he has meant to that Lions organization. If they do not reach the expectation of being a divisional favorite, and they have failed to win a division for 30 consecutive seasons in the National Football League, it will be interesting to see how the lovable losers turn into the team that was hunted and what that now means for Detroit. All of these things are true. But Robert Sala might find himself on the hot seat because it wasn't great two years ago obviously in his first year in new york last year a lot of optimism to start came crashing down as they lost their final six games of the regular season and scott beyond that now aaron Rodgers plays for his organization i'm not sure how much longer aaron is going to be playing in the national football league i'm not sure how much longer Rodgers might stay in new york but if things are bad under Robert Sala this year, and there is a lack of success based on relative expectation, might Aaron Rodgers say to Woody Johnson, eh, guys, I'm not sure this guy's cutting it. You know, we got Nathaniel Hackett now as the offensive coordinator. We keep him here, but maybe we need a change of pace. Maybe we need somebody new as the head coach. And I think, frankly, they would listen to Aaron Rodgers in such a situation. So Robert Sala is the one to me that I could see finding himself on the hot seat if the Jets have a losing record, expected to win double-digit games, expected to be an AFC playoff team, expected to contend for a conference title. If they fall short of that, 
then maybe, just maybe, the seat grows hot in New York. And, Ben, you know, he's got to take some of the blame, whether it's his fault or not, for Zach Wilson. Not that they drafted him, but he hasn't Mm -hmm. developed him. And in order for the Jets to go get Aaron Rodgers, I I, got to believe that Solon company had to go to the owner, Woody Johnson, and say, listen, he's not the guy we thought we were. You know, we drafted a number two overall, but he's not ready. He's not this. He's not that. Then you bring in Rodgers. You know, okay, I'm going to pay this guy $50 million based on you thinking Rodgers is going to be the guy. And now we find out Rodgers isn't the guy, you know, under our scenario here. Now he's kind of like struck out with two quarterbacks, and and that's why I think uh, I I could see you know him being fired if they don't make the postseason this year. Yeah, it, it, you know it's going to be one of those things, Scott, where you mentioned expectation is the biggest component of this, right? If in his first year at the helm in Houston, D'Amico Ryan's has a bad year, all right, that's what we expected. If Shane Sykin has a tough year in Indianapolis, all right. That's what we expected. If Bill Belichick has a bad year, that's kind of what the odds are saying for New England. And, of course, Bill Belichick has earned the pedigree, unlike those other two rookie head coaches. Even if Sean McVay has a bad year in Los Angeles, he might leave. But the Rams, I don't think, are going to fire him. It's all based on relative expectation. Now, I think the Rams are going to be better than their odds indicate. But if you think now the Jets are going to make that leap, and they don't, uh uh-oh, If the Giants come screeching back down to earth, what about Scott, Minnesota, and Kevin O'Connell? Another team that is expected to come all the way back down after a 13-4 record a year ago, and of course, NFC North Divisional Champions. It was his rookie year as a head coach. He was in the running for NFL Coach of the Year. Now, again, I don't think the seat is hot, but the allure of Kevin O'Connell after a successful rookie coaching campaign maybe is wasted off if Minnesota does, in fact, struggle. Goes 7-10, and 10, goes 8-9 and nine this year, as the odds might indicate is likely for the Vikes. That would be another name, Scott, I might throw into the ring here if we are going to continue this type of idea. Yeah, and that Minnesota team, as we've discussed, Ben, that's a strange team. You know, you think it would be a win-now team, but then they start – you know, uh, get rid of some of their better players and, and, and Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook. You know, one of the reasons he brought, was brought in because he was working with, uh, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins. And this is the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract. So does Minnesota re-up with Cousins? I think if they re-up with Cousins, they'll probably re-up with O'Connell. But if they don't re-up with Cousins, lets him walk, and they have a bad year, then I can see them cleaning house and just starting all over again. Yeah. Again, I I don't know if this guy is on a hot seat by any means. Certainly not, in my opinion. But to some of that allure and what might be capable under them and their ceiling as a head coach start to go away. Now, Scott, another name that I think we can mention here, and you might have been listening to the commercial, everybody out there listening to us today on Sports Grid Radio, where Joe Lisi was detailing Josh McDaniels and how there is no real hot seat at this moment entering year number two in Las Vegas but last year was dismal last year was incredibly disappointing now we have already seen the schism between the Raiders and Derek Carr and what that means for Devontae Adams moving forward and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo is that going to make a difference now paired with Josh McDaniels Scott we have seen McDaniels really struggle as a National Football League head coach first during his first stint as a head man in Denver then he returns to New England he works as the offensive coordinator he builds that standard back 
back up. He gets the job in Las Vegas. And I'll add this component. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is in his first year with the Raiders, a new organization, a new team, all new faces around him. He knows Josh McDaniels very well from their time working together in New England. There should be a little bit more expectation of what Jimmy G can do in this offense than just joining any random NFL organization or team. Scott, if it's bad for Las Vegas this year, and frankly, again, it's relative expectation, right? The Raiders six and a half is their win total. The over a tad bit more juice at minus 118, but the under still has a minus price next to it at minus 104. So six and 11, seven and 10. If that's where the Raiders end up this year, Scott, is Josh McDaniels on the hot seat next offseason? Boy, he makes $10 million a year. Uh, and they're still paid off Gruden. So and there was some thought about that and then and, and stories last year about McDaniel maybe even getting whacked after the first year. But the stories came out that, you know, uh, they don't have the money. Davis family doesn't have the money to do that. So I don't know how many more years left he has on his contract, but I'm, I'm guessing three or four. He didn't go out there on a two-year deal. So as bad as it may get, Probably not, Ben. I, I I think the Raiders would shut it down and just say he's our guy. Unless thing, you know, and it was pretty bad last year. I right? I mean, not only did they end up benching Derek Carr, but they ended up getting nothing for him because they screwed that up because they told the world they were benching him, and he said, "All right, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, exercise my I, I'm going to exercise my no trade clause." So I mean, unless it got really, really, really bad. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think he'll get fired. He'll be under a lot of pressure, a lot of heat, a lot of criticism, especially yeah. since, you know, oh, by the way, Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup championship, and now you got a fan base that yeah. thinks, oh, this is nice and easy. we got to win in every single sport. But that's not life as, right a, now, as a fan. For sure, Las Vegas is title town. Of course, the Aces, yeah. the WNBA champions a season yep. ago, and they're expected right now as an odds-on favorite. Vegas was a trying ground right could a franchise succeed in this town well we've seen that happen that will be the expectation for the Raiders how differently we think of Las Vegas this summer Scott at least me than I did last year because the Raiders were the only other team entering last season to have made the playoffs the season prior alongside the Kansas City Chiefs. And I thought, hey, that's a 10-win football team after a wild and tumultuous year that saw their head coach, John Gruden, get fired. That Raiders made it there at the end of two years ago. Why were we all of a sudden giving our credence to the Chargers and the Broncos over them? And the Raiders just never could figure it out a season ago. They would have some optimism for a few weeks, and then we saw what happened on that Thursday night game in L.A. against Baker Mayfield in the Rams. And Baker's first start literally 48 hours after signing with the team. They never were able to reach a certain level that was expected of them a season ago. And this year, Scott, I'm expecting not great things out of Las Vegas, and their win total is six and a half. Last offseason, it was eight, eight and a half. It's just a very different feeling around this organization now than just a year ago at this point. Yeah. You think about it, two years ago, they make the playoffs, right? They beat the Chargers that last week yeah. or last game of the regular season. They go into Cincinnati, if you remember, and had the Bengals. They, they were driving yeah. late in the game, and then they got picked off. Otherwise, they would have beat the Bengals, and that was the year, obviously, they go to the Super Bowl, the Bengals. So, I mean, that's how close they were to becoming a, like a real great, you know, so optimism galore last year, and then they fire Passaccia, the interim head coach, and then they're going to look back and say that probably was where they made their mistake, and they bring in Josh McDaniels, who was god-awful with Denver, um, you know, goes back to New England, resurrects his, you know, his uh, offensive coaching career, goes to the Raiders, and then just was awful last year. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be an under team. I think it's going to be a struggle for them. Yeah, I think it will be as well. Scott, some breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter as it relates to some potential punishments coming down the pipeline this week from the National Football League and a, quote, handful of players, as Shefty says, that are in line to receive a season-long suspension for the violation of gambling policy within the NFL. We'll break it down up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are back for just a few more minutes on FFC. And Scott, as I said, entering the last commercial break, a breaking news update from ESPN's Adam Schefter to close out the show. Quote, a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, are expected to receive a season-long suspension this week for allegedly gambling. Sources tell ESPN. That's the report from Schefter. Scott, we knew about Rogers, and we knew that some sort of punishment was coming down we know that if you bet on nfl games as has been the case with calvin ridley and a few others the standard set is a season-long suspension and then you must apply for reinstatement to the national football league the following year but scott i think what's interesting there is we knew about rogers a handful of players could mean a variety of things what's your reaction yeah, I want to know. You know, are are these uh, just insignificant backup players that no one's ever heard of? Are we talking starters? Are we talking quarterbacks? Are we talking just gambling? Or are we talking, you know, manipulating the score, i.e. fixing games, trying to lose, uh, trying not to, uh, you know, cover the spread, but win the game? You know, it's... It, a full year suspension. I thought we were going to do a reset on this, Ben. I thought the NFL was going to come out and say, all right, let's reemphasize what the rules and regulations are and this, that, what have you. But this indicates that that's not the case. So handful of guys, I mean, that think four or five guys, six guys, seven guys, all from one team. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd wait before I put any future bets in. I mean, who knows, you know, who, who could be on this list. And if it all comes from one team, you, know, you wouldn't want to be betting that team to win it all. 
I think this will be the start of that of that reemphasization uh, of the National Football League and what their gambling policy is. Here is the punishment if you bet on an NFL game. It doesn't matter if it's your team. It doesn't matter if you bet them to win. It doesn't matter if it's legal in your state. It doesn't matter if it's one of our partners that we that we share a relationship with. If you bet on an NFL game, it's a season-long suspension. So here's exactly what you need to know with the National Football League's gambling policy. I guess we'll await what those suspensions are and who the players are. He's Scott Wetzel. I'm Ben Stevens. That does it for Football Full Circle. The Moneyline is up next on Sports Grid Radio. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.